0: With guests from all over the world, from different wisdom traditions, I wish to create a web of loving energy that permeates the whole world to create more love and peace. You can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube for more guidance and love. Hi everyone, welcome back to this week's episode and I'm so glad and grateful that you're here. I don't know about you, but I can tell you that this full moon in Aquarius really affected me deeply on so many levels. I felt like for two nights uh, I didn't quite get any deep sleep. I was like in and out of sleep and I was feeling like something was waking me up all night. I felt very exhausted for a few days and i've been seeing your responses on instagram to my question how have you been feeling what have you had intense dreams and many of you have had that so i just feel like there's huge shifts usually around the lunations i go into very deep state of sleep that's when we disconnect with our physical body our senses and this is when we connect to the highest consciousness that just is. But right now, it's been like a lot of dreaming. And maybe you've experienced a lot of things shifting within your energetic, emotional, and physical body as well. And it's a call for us to slow down now. As we moved into this Virgo season, it's, it is a very active sign when it comes to organizing and doing and and it's also at the same time very earthy and grounded so we move out from the fiery leo season into a more grounded healing uh, for weeks so working with the virgo energy is really beautiful right now and the feminine aspects of the earth and yeah so i hope that you've recovered if you felt any of this intense energy and if you have been feeling tired and exhausted and maybe emotional we are moving towards the equinox which will be in a month approximately and in the northern hemisphere we're working with the fall equinox and southern it's going to be spring equinox but the important thing is that the equinox is when day and night is exactly equal and we have the equal amount of yin and yang. It's the like the divine balance and that's when we move into Libra season which is balance. And this energy is very potent uh, here in the north. We are celebrating the second harvest season, the Mabon. And it's a time of really like slowing down and gathering everything that we've been working so hard for. And to also be grateful for the abundance of Mother Earth. And around that time, we also have a full moon. So it's going to be so beautiful. And me and Sandra Ray, we hosted the Lionsgate Portal event ceremony online, we decided to do on the 20th, it's a Monday in the evening time here in Europe. It's going to be daytime if you're on, on the west side of the world. We're going to host a online celebration, gathering, meditation on the 20th, where we will work with both the equinox and the full moon and dive into working with The goddesses of descent and also the full moon and the moon goddess which is since on the southern hemisphere we're working with the abundance and the fertility of spring it's going to be a combination of these two aspects of the mother and we'll work with all of this energy i'm working on getting it up all the information on my website right now but you can Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to my newsletters or just follow me on Instagram and Facebook and you will see the event and more information there. So I would love for you to join. It's in less than a month if you're listening to this right now as I am have released the episode. Uh, I'm also releasing a four week program. I've been working with so many of you individually with readings and healing sessions and some of you have joined me for yoga and I felt like since my book The Law of Positivism is all about healing on all the layers of our being, I wanted to have a four-week personal one-to-one program where we dive into all these layers. So each week we have one session when we work with different layers of our being so the physical emotional mental spiritual and energetic body and this will include working with astrology and uh, I will be doing card readings and then moving into more yoga and meditation and mantras and then going further into the chinese medicine aspect of physical and emotional balancing since I just also completed my three-year program in Chinese medicine. And lastly, I will work on a spiritual energetic level with Reiki healing. All of this will be found on my website. If you are curious about this program, connect with me. If you are in a situation where you feel like it's hard to... uh, pay them out. I want my programs and my healing work to be accessible for everyone. We can figure it out. So just connect with me. You can check the program out in the links below and also on lovepositivism.com if you go to my website. So I want to introduce you to this week's episode and episode a guest, Serva. She's been on the podcast before. We talked about Human Design, and Serva is a Kurdish, beautiful, remote sister of mine. She's a Jungian depth coach and a Human Design reader who is pursuing a M.A. Ph.D. program in Jungian psychology. Dealing with her own identity struggles as a child of diaspora, it was during her own individuation's hero journey that she found human design and union, depth psychology. Serva's own shadow work results left many around her in awe. With pressure from friends and clients' demands, she has begun her coaching career using human design and depth psychology to change the trajectory of clients lives and this beautiful podcast is all about the work that Carl Jung uh, shared with the world so beautiful about shadow work and and we're getting to the collective unconscious we also talk about how to work with your dreams what the hero's journey is and also what the goddesses and archetypes truly are in our consciousness. I think this is such a beautiful topic. And Sarva really channeled and shares so much insights and divine downloads in this episode. So just listening to it will be so healing for you. And if you are interested in working with her, you can find her links in the show notes And lastly, I want to give so much love and gratitude to a truly conscious brand and company that I just love. I love the founders and everyone who's working around it. Ace of Air, a newly launched beauty and wellness brand committed to products that put people and planet above all. Their line of clean, vegan and cruelty-free skincare and supplements have been synergistically formulated at the intersection of herbalist wisdom and modern science, focusing on rituals that work from the inside out. Inspired by Mother Nature's ability to create abundance without waste, Ace of Air is the first and only beauty and wellness brand designed to be entirely circular and fully zero waste. You can explore and learn more at aceofair.com and find them on Instagram as well so much love to ace of air thank you for being my show partners and i hope you enjoy this week's episode you can connect with me and give me feedback and insights and maybe share your experience either on instagram or facebook love positivism and check out my youtube channel for guided meditations and affirmation practices and enjoy this week's episode
1: Hi, Sarah,
0: Welcome to the podcast.
1: Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be back on again.
0: I'm so happy to have you here again. And we've been talking about so much interesting things before we started recording. And we will share this with everyone in a minute. And yeah, I want to know if there is any new practice or meditation that you want to share that you're practicing right now on a daily basis for the listeners to also integrate
1: so i what's new well before i was on here we were talking about human design and tapping into the body and just realigning based off of your human design chart now i've added a new practice which is shadow work uh, which is considered like introspective or meditation kind of um, diving into the shadow part of the consciousness which we'll talk about Um, in a minute, but I highly recommend for anyone who's listening to just start journaling, you know, ask yourself a few questions. um, You know, what's holding me back from reaching my highest potential? What is it that I really want to do? And what would change if this one thing wasn't holding me back, whatever that fear is, right? So journaling, Mm -hmm. meditating on anything that is you feel is holding you back and asking it like what do you want how can i overcome this fear and seeing like what the body answers so that's mm-hmm. something i've added which i love <laughs> it's helped it's opened a lot of doors for me
0: yeah that sounds
1: beautiful
0: and we did talk a lot about shadow work just now and and the collective unconscious and dreams and maybe we can get into this if you want you can just introduce yourself uh, for those that haven't heard our last episode together and just go from there and get into how you how you started working with this.
1: Oh, it's been quite a journey, I would love to. So I think I did my whole hero's journey about four or five years ago. Um, It was in 2018 when my whole spiritual individuation journey started. And that's when I started to ask more questions, you know, face myself, Um, I rock bottomed, I had to start up and like everything that I had built kind of just disappeared, you know, my I lost friends, I lost um, a lot of myself in the process, because I think when you're first born, um, you are born into a life that your parents have made for you. So it's not a lot of you. It's kind of like you're just driving. Someone else is driving the vehicle, you know, which is you, right? And you hit a certain age where society starts dictating how you should behave. So you develop this kind of persona, you know, what's acceptable and what's not. And you start showing people a side of you that you think that they would love, which for me was a very people-pleasing side. And it wasn't until my mid-20s that I realized, oh, my God, I can't do this anymore. Like, I... need to find myself and so the journey began and and throughout that journey like i was met with other spiritual people you know i started um, doing human design to really understand my own body to understand how i was supposed to perform learning i was a projector was really important to me and embodying that really changed my life because now i knew that i was like giving and receiving energy in an incorrect way. Because when you find out what your energetic type is, you start um, embodying it and things change. You know, finally, I was performing as a projector and not a generator. So for anyone who doesn't know about human design, please listen to our last episode. Mm, It's it's amazing, you know. We are more energy than matter. So it's extremely important for you to understand your energy type. Mm. So from that whole process of learning human design i you know i was still in therapy because i i have an undergrad in psychology and the reason why i didn't become a marriage and family therapist was because you know Fre- freudian theories can only go so far um you know i i didn't want to be a marriage and family therapist to sit and talk about the past over and over again my mind was always like, well, what's next? Being a projector, I'm always looking for the most efficient way to do things, right? I'm always, I believe that there's gotta be a solution to every problem. So the Freudian theory and his I just didn't feel that it was effective. And it wasn't years until years later that um, when I learned human design and I was really talking to more spiritual people that I met someone, I was actually connected to someone um, who was a depth coach. And I was so curious. I was like, hey, what's a depth coach? And he told me, Oh, it's really based off of Carl Jung. And I had no idea who Carl Jung was. You know, I had no idea that he was. Um, Freud's disciple, I didn't know that they were actually working together and Freud really wanted to leave his entire psychology legacy to um, Carl Jung. But they were different because Carl Jung, they split because of this difference. Carl Jung believed that um, the collective unconscious is not a personal unconscious. So Freudian theory is all about the unconscious being personal. Which means that like it's your own mind it's your own like um, everyday experiences and things like that things that you've stored into your subconscious. But Carl Jung actually said no there's also a collective unconsciousness, which means that we can all tap into um, information that is you know, limitless. And so it's it's abundant in information. And, it, and the, in that collective unconscious, there's mythology, there is our ancestor memories, there's like all this beautiful knowledge. And you see that sometimes when you're in a state of flow, or you're talking to someone, and suddenly, you're like, Oh, my God, I started talking differently. I shared so much knowledge I didn't know I had. So because of this, um, the two split, and Carl Jung uh, was very upset to lose um, Freud because they had a very father son like relationship. But it's because of Carl Jung today that we know what shadow is. So, Carl says, like, the human psyche is a lot more complex. You know, there's the ego, there's the shadow, and there's a the persona, and then there's a the self, right? And what is like the shadow? So for example, a human will be born and you know it's it's whole and it, you know a child is just learning. But as a child over time is punished for, let's just say bad behavior or something that they do, they are shamed, uh, the brain kind of splits and it creates a, um, the ego which is protecting you, right and telling you what's acceptable, what's not. And then you have the shadow. The shadow becomes um, all the things that we reject. So all the bad behavior that is no longer acceptable gets thrown into the shadow. So I'll give an example of this. As a child, let's say you threw a tantrum and your mom shamed you and said, you're being really difficult. This is unacceptable. And the ego immediately goes, okay, we're throwing this into the shadow. Difficult. You, You shouldn't be... You should not be difficult because difficult is unwanted it's unlovable right You're, it's It's scary, so the mother shames the child and the child suppresses tantrums and so now you have a child that's kind of developed a persona of being very sweet and easy. Does that make sense um, yeah. so it'll do the opposite thing to be lovable mm-hmm. to and so throughout their lives. Um, we are constantly throwing things based off of society, based off of our parenting, what is acceptable and what is not. You know, if controlling is unacceptable, it gets thrown into the shadow. And then the persona becomes someone who is extremely easygoing, doesn't want to take charge at all, because they're afraid of being controlling. But as you suppress more of these behaviors, and by the way, they're not all bad behaviors, you know, a lot of we rep- repress a lot of these things just based off of um, what we are taught. So a lot of sexual behaviors, um, sexual energy, a lot of these things get suppressed and they get thrown into the shadow, but the shadow kind of comes back out, right? So it'll come out when it feels safe and suddenly you're shocked. Like this person uh, who's never done, who's so easygoing and chill, you know, something happens and suddenly they're controlling, you know, and that shadow takes over the personality. And that's an unhealthy shadow, right? Because you're suppressing something so much that it's trying so hard to sneak into your life. (laughs) So when we do shadow work, we go into um, that area of the mind, we integrate and accept and love the parts of ourselves that we've denied, right? Because the ego did this to suppress these behaviors, to protect you, to make you more lovable, to, you know, more wanted. But throughout life, it's kind of denying a a huge part of yourself. And there's so much beauty in the shadow, you know, finding out things like being able to take charge, being able to express your sexual needs in a healthy way and not in an unhealthy way is extremely um, crucial for a human. You know, it's, it's very much, um, it, it stops, it's in my opinion, the more shadow work you do, the less you project onto others, the less you're insecure and the less you hurt other people because you're loving all the parts of yourself the bad and the good, because bad and good is very subjective. But when you start loving all that parts of yourself through shadow work, introspective and meditation, being one with the shadow, you no longer project onto the other world, to the outside world. You're no longer triggered by behaviors. You're more accepting, more compassionate. The more um, compassion we show ourselves, it mirrors outwards. It, it reflects back into the world, right? and even sexual um, desires. And if you integrate that and bring it back out and stop suppressing it, it won't come out in unhealthy ways. It won't come out to hurt people. And that's why I really dove into this Jungian work is because it's extremely effective. You know, you have someone that is triggered all the time. But when they start doing the shadow work, they're no longer triggered. They're no longer projecting onto others. They're no longer looking for an outlet to release all this energy that they've stored, right?
0: Mm.
1: So that's really what um, I've been doing mm. <laughs> as I've dove into this. I, yeah. I'm now a shadow um, work coach. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> and wonderful. And it's Thank so you.
0: important because there's so much work to be done there. And when I look at the uh, what like when you work with with different goddesses, for example, and mm-hmm. you work with these goddesses of descent that descend mm-hmm. down, uh, mm-hmm. there's so it, it's like transformation and rebirth, and we need that in our life, like constantly. Yes like renewal and integration and growing from that and we all have different uh, we have everyone has unique experiences no one has the same experience in life but we have like the collective experience of course and all of this but there's so much that is and I'm thinking about if you are like more sensitive to the collective unconsciousness and (laughs) and very aware of it it's Mm -hmm. also about aware awareness and tapping into that but i think it's so interesting because in this work i and we spoke about this before recording i'm really curious like where because there are like million different different kinds of fears for example Mm -hmm. in life it can be like very small things but it can still be very like for one person it's nothing and for another person it's really like yeah just a, a big thing and, and blockage and I'm wondering how fears like where in this work how are fears uh, interpreted and and how are they explained
1: So fears are, you know, in the shadow, it's why do we hoard certain behaviors, it's because we're afraid. And although our fears um, use different names, most of our fears are similar. They show up differently, of course, but everyone's afraid of being unloved. You know they're they're afraid of being not wanted, abandoned. Uh, in fact, in this work, the more I do work one on one with people, they'll have different types of fears, but the the underlying foundational fears they seem almost the same, which is the fear of being abandoned, the fear of not being good enough, the fear of you know um, being unlovable, uh, the fear of being a loser, you know, uh, useless, all that stuff, it usually has a foundational fear, which I think it comes from childhood too. If you've been abandoned, then those fears start to, you know, you look for reasons why you're abandoned and you look for characteristics that would abandon someone, for example. If somebody is um, acting a, a certain way and they're, you know what? They're like, ew, you're being weird. And immediately that child goes, oh, this behavior will lead to my me being abandoned. So then they throw that into the shadow. The shadow is full of all of the things that you've denied based off of your fears. And so when we own our shadow, which is maybe it could be being selfish or controlling or difficult or Um, You know, even being the good stuff, maybe for some people being overly generous is a shadow, being overly kind could be a shadow so this person is their persona could be someone who's uh, difficult and unkind because to them being kindness is a sign of weakness, right. It's, it Mm. varies there's so many things um, that they could be afraid of, but it shows up different so through this work of one-on-one and introspection and also um, just the hero's journey, really finding individuation, um, you learn about your fears and you're able to release them and mm-hmm. integrate them, right? Because once, the, you know, as an adult, the things that we were afraid of as children, they're mm-hmm. kind of, the fear is blown out of proportion right? Mm -hmm. You realize, you look around you, I had this exercise with a client, I said, Do you really think you'll be abandoned now? Mm. And the answer was no. And but really, what she needed to realize was to not abandon herself, you know, it's all about internal work. If you're someone who's afraid of being abandoned, most likely you're self abandoning every day to please other people. And so you're getting triggered, you have anxiety, you're in horrible relationships, but it's just trying to show you that you need to not abandon yourself. Don't give up the parts of yourself to please someone else, to keep them, right? You're so afraid of being abandoned by someone outside of you that you're willing to abandon, you know, your own happiness, your own likes. These are the people pleasers that I'm really talking to. Mm -hmm. But when they learn that, very calm. And so when they learn to not self abandon, you know, love themselves a little bit more, and start incorporating habits where they're holding boundaries, you know, saying their peace, and they start seeing showing up different. And then guess what reality changes. So Mm -hmm. every time you own a fear, you're removing a shackle from yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're able to tap in and see that there, there's infinite possibilities for you now mm. before we were talking about the collective unconscious mm. and this is actually something i learned from carl jung as well his work but his theory of the collective unconscious was that the collective unconscious holds infinite knowledge. And there's knowledge from our ancestors. There's knowledge from mythology, like you said, goddesses. um, Mm. All of this stuff is in this, you know, it's just, it's literally there waiting for us. All we have to do is just tune in and tap into it. And how do we do this? Through individuation, we start having self-realizations. Now, someone who is on the spiritual journey or, you know, in the hero's journey will suddenly have this, as I was saying to you earlier, everybody says the same stuff. When they finally find themselves, they start talking about how love can change their life, how reality is subjective, you know, how their fears are. Everybody starts coming to these universal truths. And why do they do that? Why are so many religions similar? Why is, um, for example, a child uh, able to imagine heroes, even if they've never been exposed to TV, How are they able to have this active imagination that creates these stories, these archetypes, all of this um, beautiful, you know, um, imagery. Where does it come from? Mm. And it comes from the un- collective unconscious. You know, there's so much, uh, so many memories, memories of people who previously lived on Earth. Now, so we're tapping
0: I- in, do you think we're tapping into uh, not just memories, but also different? Are we tapping into something that's actually appeared and happened? Or is it that we're tapping into other dimensions? How would you like, for for example, the goddesses and all this because you can see, like, Similarities in mythologies. I've been seeing it now when I compare. And I was wondering how, like, the symbol of the dragon is up here in the Nordics and then in China. Like, it's so interesting.
1: Very interesting. Well, Carl Jung did a study on a woman. And I actually, it was in this book called The Basic uh, Principles of Jungian Psychology. Mm. And he starts this. he starts working with this woman who you know she has dreams um, she has thoughts and he noticed that all of her experiences like thoughts imagination the things she would reflect on or kind of share with him were based on mythology and he thought that was very strange like how is it that this woman who's never read anything on mythology able to explain the energies of these goddesses and Mm. like how does she have access to that it was because of the collective unconscious Mm. it's all so tapping in it's like tapping into this uh i believe joe Dispenza calls it like potential right Mm. it's like that or tapping into source information. Mm. So to me, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself an expert on this, but intuitively, as someone who can channel into that field easily, I would say, it's source energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. It's there. So if someone has a memory, a thought, that's an energy, right? I mean, we're learning through um, uh, neuroscience that every thought is an ener- energy. It's a release. Uh, and so if you think about it, all these people that have lived on earth who have had these memories, who have seen these things, who have thought these things, it's all going into the same field, right? And as we're able to tap into their memories, into their knowledge and wisdom, we are able to channel it. So when you say, you know, um, is it their memories? I think that it's a—it's the universal truths, you know? Um, so these characters, these um, these goddesses, these archetypes, this energy of potential for us, the hero, the you know the villain, all of those things are possible for us mm-hmm. And I think as people have evolved, they've experienced that and have been able to tap into this source energy which contains all of that. I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I think
0: it really does and in the end it's like one huge consciousness that has projected itself so it makes sense and I'm wondering also because you have tapped into the hero's journey like can you explain that a little bit more just so the listeners can get uh, an sure. insight into this
1: the hero's journey um, Carl Jung calls it individuation which is when um you know as you, it, the best way I can explain this is as you're born, you're born into like a family, a structure, you're taught taught what is good, what is bad, there's less of your own um, questioning, it's more like you're following, right? And then as you're an an adolescent, um, you're a teenager, you're in your early 20s, society really dictates like what's allowed and what's not allowed. So we're kind of our ego and our shadow and our persona is really developed by these things. Programming is what we call it, right? So when you hit a certain point in your life, and I think in astrology, they call it a Saturn return. It's when you rock bottom, you know, everything that got you here, the survival of following, you know, the norm, suddenly you reach a plateau or you hit a like a dead end. And that's where the hero's journey starts. When you realize everything that you have been taught to believe is false. You know, it's like what got Mm -hmm. you here isn't going to get you to the next level. And that's Mm -hmm. when you find yourself. Individuation, the hero's journey is about finding your most whole self, your most authentic self. So it's when you start questioning. It's when you realize that you've been lied to that the world is not as you have been taught, that there's more out there, right? And that box that you were raised in is too small for you now. So you have to break the box down and you start making the box bigger and bigger by asking questions, by experiencing different things. And through this hero's journey in the individuation, when a person is extremely vulnerable, you know, the ego dies. Mm. And Um, you have to really understand that the persona is is not real. And you know, your ego has to step aside. And you thank your ego for getting you this far. So a lot of people believe that the ego is the enemy. And I don't believe that your ego is your defense mechanism. It's it's the one that is protecting you. It's sorting data. It it's, has access to, you know, uh, memories that you don't consciously have. So the ego is always trying to protect you. It has your best interests at heart. But w- through individuation, you realize you don't need the e- ego as much. So now the ego is no longer your only friend. It's almost like telling the ego, thank you for everything that you've done for me up to this point, but please step aside so that I may come out as my authentic self, because I'm no longer afraid. Mm. And through that, the self, the true self comes out and is able to balance, um, bring some sort of balance in the mind, right? So we, we push our ego, we, you know gently tell the ego to step aside we face our fears by doing shadow work and then through that shadow work we find ourselves. we find and we show up differently and it's the shift and energy kind of shows up so that journey is really just about finding your true self you know what do you really want versus what you were taught to want what are you attracted to versus what you were taught to be attracted to? A lot of people will, you know, during this period of time, will realize they don't, they're not half interested in the things that they were taught to be interested in. Maybe your career is not what you want anymore. You thought you would be happy if you followed this road that somebody else laid out for you, and then you realize this road is not for me. And through individuation, you were able to see that you have many roads you can take on, right? And um, every time you own an aspect of yourself you've denied, every time you do shadow work, your possibilities become endless really because you're no longer controlled by fears. Um, Fears are what holds us back. And the minute those fears disappear, you become a person with true free will to do as they please. So you you can shift your energy based on what's what you need in that moment versus what's not versus what was acceptable, right? So now you'll, you're doing things because you want to do them, not because they're demanded of you or it's the norm. Yeah. And that's really uh, gonna give you free will. Someone who is controlled by fears, someone who is living by society standards, um, by social standards, is not, doesn't really have uh, free will and that's when you know we we were talking about the matrix but that's kind of like the matrix journey you know unplugging Mm. from society and saying I want my freedom back
0: (laughs) Mm. yeah
1: that's kind of like the whole thing
0: it makes a lot of sense and a lot of this information is coming out now because we're in a time like we spoke earlier, where we're opening up a lot in the collective, and we are remembering that we have agreed at some point to be become enslaved in one way or another in this uh, matrix, and um, we have a choice. So it's like in, in in the movie also, like he had a choice to stay and be like mm-hmm. still be asleep or wake up. And it's not like it's when when you choose to uh, it, it's a process to to that uh, realization. It it can take years, and usually when you have to go through a lot of maybe difficult things to because you need like a nudge because the universe is trying to wake you up. So it's really yes. interesting, and there's so many beautiful. Like people that have shared, like over a few decades, even these things. And now it feels like it's really opening up. And I'm just seeing a a balancing occurring. Even if we can't see it in the moment, we have to see it over time because Mm -hmm. there is so much that's happened just over the past hundred years in our history. And uh, now through our consciousness opening and widening we're we're discovering i i think it's so interesting i heard that um in a documentary like researchers have found that we have something a weird thing that in our brain that is causing us to forget like we are wired to forget so when we come here we like physiologically we have something that that blocks us uh, from remembering everything so i think that's that really says so much how uh, like how important it is to decide to remember and also like dedicate ourselves to to become free like you said mm-hmm. like being free and what that really means it it goes beyond everything that we think because it goes beyond, this life it goes beyond like what we think that we are and and so much and I love that we also tapped into like how does all of this work come in into the dream work in your like how have you worked with that?
1: Well the dreams are a doorway to the subconscious mm. and every time like you dream something it's important to write it down because it's your subconscious communicating with you. Now, um, initially, like at the beginning of my journey, uh, or actually, even as a, I would say, in my early 20s, I always had very vivid dreams, but I didn't know their meanings. But, my, you know, my mom always told me dreams mean something, they're messages. And sometimes I had the ability to dream future incidences, events. So for me, sometimes, it was a prediction thing. (laughs) I would dream about something happening and it would happen Mm, or I would dream about like, you know, certain I had, there was symbolism, there was lots of, you know, things that would pop up in my dreams that were extremely vivid. And I realized, Oh my gosh, these are all, it's guiding me to my, um, to my fears, to my shadow work where I have to do the work. Um, Earlier we were talking about spiders and, I'm deathly afraid of spiders, (laughs) just like you. And yeah, and recently, like, um, when I started this coaching, I was really afraid to step in because I still, you know, the fear of being seen as a Kurdish woman, and just someone who's always been in hiding, even with identity and everything, the stepping up has always been very difficult for me you know, taking spotlight is just feels so unsafe for me. Mm. And that stems from my childhood, you know, I was in Turkey, and I was told to never share my heritage or my language in that moment. And as a child, Mm. even though it was temporary, it was only one year, it left a huge effect on me. You know, that was, you know, I was five years old, um that's the time where you're storing knowledge it's mm. kind of like your subconscious and your ego is like developing right yeah and the all ego the stories says, is- that we
0: hear uh, like f- being from from uh th- these parts of the world like the stories that we hear also like it's th- things that have happened and yeah it becomes mm. very yeah sorry
1: go on <laughs> <laughs> no um yeah you feel unsafe it's, it's never safe to share your heritage. It's never safe. Mm. Um, you know, not to say never, but for me in that moment, it felt like it's not safe. And so my dreams are always about like these things, you know, about stepping up. And when I wanted to do coaching, I realized I kept dreaming about spiders and I really enjoy surfing. And I had a vivid dream about myself surfing and trying to catch a wave. And, I kept not standing up because I was seeing this huge spider in the ocean <laughs> next to me. Like I would see this spider in the water and I would like completely forget to stand up. And I was so focused on the spider that I wouldn't, I would miss my wave completely. And that was very symbolic for me. You know, I was so focused on this fear that I was not seeing the present or the future. And the minute I did shadow work around that, um, you know, I, I did shadow work on what it was that I was afraid of. And with a mentor, of course, um, you know, coaches have to do their shadow work too, or then, or else they project onto other people and they're insecure. So it's very important for everyone to do their shadow work, you know? And even when you think you've done enough, there's still more because the shadow, you know, it's, it's, there's depth in the shadow there's beautiful things in the shadow
0: exactly so the shadow i'm just Mm -hmm. thinking because in life things happen all the time right that that remind us Is are they always intimately connected like if you have sometimes it can be a recurring uh, event in life that happens or people that you meet or uh, sensations or like our fears it's like constantly coming up but then there's also different ones is this how would you explain that? It's like if you constantly have something that you're, you're, you have to deal with, it, maybe a fear or, yeah.
1: So, the way the universe, the universe is lovely, you know, um, it'll keep bringing you people that are mirrors for you. So, for, for example, if you're somebody who is very people pleasing and you've rejected, let's say, difficult controlling. Um, someone who's bold, overly confident, you know, someone that takes up a lot of space, right? You're going to constantly be surrounded by these people because it's something you've rejected. It's inside Mm -hmm. of you. So you're going to keep attracting these people that trigger you. You know, you're going to attract people who are going to impose on your boundaries. You're going to keep attracting uh, uh, people that do the things that you don't like, Why? Because it's just a reminder, like, hey, this is you. This is a mirror, like look inside, find this. And then when you find it and you stop repressing that energy, it no longer shows up the same way. So when you say events and people, it's more like the energy that you're attracting. And the only reason you're attracting this is kind of like to really show you where you need to do the work you know, if you're attracting disrespectful people or people that are, you know, unavailable, it's all about the inside stuff. It's like showing you where in yourself you need to do the work and why you've suppressed, like, you know, a lot of women um, that I've recently been working with, you know, they're, she's like, I just keep attracting very, um, what did she say? She's like, I think someone said, it's sexually aggressive people. And I thought, oh, oh, that's interesting. You know, this is a very sweet, delicate woman. And she's like, they're just very aggressive. And I'm like, okay, we work with aggressive. And then we realize in her, there's aggression that's being suppressed. So when she allows herself, gives herself the permission to accept aggression, it no longer longer comes out in an unhealthy way when you suppress things think of it as like a pressure you know those cooking pots when you force hot water down it like it keeps trying to boil up and come out right we keep trying to force things down but it comes out in a very explosive on una- like in a very unexpected ways these you know so this person who's very sweet and gentle might be pushed over the edge one day and start acting very irrational and very aggressive and they explode, right? Mm-hmm. But when you don't suppress these types of energies, they, they don't affect you the same way. You, they, it won't come out in such an explosive way. It's more integrated. You're giving yourself the freedom to express anger um, when you need to, in a more healthy way. If you suppress anger, you will express anger in a very, very unhealthy way. You might break things. You might yell at people. You might do things that, you know, people are like, whoa, she looks possessed right now. I don't know what happened. She was so sweet one minute and then she exploded. That's like the stuff that we're suppressing. So if you're encountering, you know, a certain, ask yourself these questions. Like, what am I attracting? What are the two people around me like? You know, what, what about them is triggering me? The trigger is not not usually the shadow. There is something beneath the trigger that is a shadow. So asking yourself, why why does this bother me? You know, why am I so triggered by this person's behavior? Um, You know, these things. And then it leads kind of into this uh, dialogue with, with yourself. And then you realize, oh, you know, I'm attracting that because I'm suppressing something similar. In me, there's a need for an expression. Mm. So with the archetypes, shadow, energies, it's all about human expression. We want to express ourselves, but we want to be free to express ourselves. And when we don't feel free to express um, the types of energies that we have within us, a person feels very lost. And that expression can come out in a very, you know, like it only comes out when it's safe and Mm. it could be behind closed doors (laughs) you know what I mean Mm. you know someone's persona will be completely the opposite of the true self
0: Mm. that's beautiful thank you for sharing and how can people work with these because it's so fascinating and it's been around for a long time but now it's also popping up more and we're yeah it's like necessary now so how yes. if someone wants to work with this how would that be like how would that look
1: so it's funny that um we're in an aquarium we were talking about this we've t- come into an Aquarius age right and where people are asking questions they're being asked to evolve to really face their true fears and I think this pandemic made it very clear that we cannot run away from ourselves um the fears we have to face them and I think looking at just the way that our world is it's very chaotic but a lot of us are being forced to come to terms with our demons you know this whole divide and conquer stuff even then like the more shadow work you do the less you would um you know divide the the less you can divide people you know the the more love and compassion you have for your neighbors the more shadow work you do so how do you do shadow work and what does it look like Honestly, like there's many ways to do it. You can meditate on it. You can, you know, imagine yourself meeting your shadow for the first time with lots of imagery, uh, visualization, meditations. There's plenty out there on YouTube for free even, but the best way to do shadow work is to hire a coach. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because as smarter, like the smarter we become, the ego gets smarter. And the shadow becomes smarter too. So, you know, I work with psychologists now. You know, I have clients that are like psychologists. And it's so funny to me, even though they're in this field, there's still a lot of blind spots, right? And including myself. Um, for uh, the more I learn, the, the easier it is for my ego to hide my shadow. So, doing the self work is amazing, it can get, get you started. Yes, doing the meditations, journaling about your fears, about the things that bother you. You can do all of that stuff. It's great work. There's also books like The Artist Way that can help you, the inner work. There's also Shadow Book, I believe, that you can read and follow guidelines mm-hmm. um, to help you journal and visualize. But the best way to do it is with someone else because that person holds space And they ask you the right, if they they are able to ask you the right questions and you feel safe, you know, you can answer truthfully. And that's the key, to bring awareness to the shadow, to to shed light onto the shadow. The shadow likes to hide in the dark. And why do we call it a shadow? Because it's a part of ourselves that we cannot see. So when you're working with someone and they're asking the right questions, you have to answer and you realize things about yourself. And the more things that you bring into the light, the more things you acknowledge, the more things you bring awareness to, it loses emotional charge. It loses energetic charge. What do I mean by this is the same triggers will no longer bother you if you become aware of why. That's it, you know, it's not, it's very small things, but it's the tedious stuff that nobody really wants to do, Mm. you know, because it's uncomfortable. There's resistance involved. Some sessions, the client doesn't want to talk to me, but then that's why I hold them to a contract. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know you don't want to talk today. I know there's resistance, but we're going through this because, you know, the ego always wants to protect itself. It doesn't want to be vulnerable. Doesn't want to tell the truth. But when there is someone holding space and asking questions, um, you know, holding strong space, because there will be resistance. Your client will be frustrated. Your client will want to avoid this question. They might get exasperated with you, but you have to keep pushing through because once they get through that resistance and they're able to acknowledge their shadow, it's a complete game changer it changes the the trajectory of their entire lives mm. you know imagine yourself unplugging from a fear it's like whoa the sky is the limit now right you're no longer afraid of this thing so it changes your outcome your day to day stuff mm. and we are we're in this world right now where all of us are being asked to sit with pain to sit with, um, you know, the things, the life that we've created, and we were talking about this frequency, you know, this pandemic was extremely hard. And while this, what I'm saying might trigger a lot of people, you know, it's the truth, It, it was a hard pandemic, it's still, you know, COVID is, it's not going anywhere, because fear is not going anywhere. And we're seeing that. But the more we own fears, the more we accept them, the more we love things, the less they bother us and affect us we can coexist with fear and that's the thing killing the spider like it wasn't the objective it's being able to live with the spider mm. it's being able to love it and then the spider gets smaller and smaller <laughs> so true. um
0: that's very true and uh, i love this yeah this this could be so helpful for so many people i'm very interested i'm not um I did study some psychology when I was studying, but I not gotten into this like the deep work of Carly Young and, and uh, I think it's so interesting. So I'm so glad that you came on here to share this and maybe you can share how people can find you and maybe work with these aspects.
1: Um, Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, This is a topic that I'm very passionate about, as you can see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's so interesting. And um, so you can find me on my Instagram, you can message me. Um, I also have an email that I will provide, you can add that to the link. Mm -hmm. But honestly, Instagram is the easiest way to reach me. And um, I do my the way that I work is through packages. And And the reason why it's like packages and contracts, uh, three months typically Mm -hmm. is because of the resistance, you know, there are days you don't want to do the work. You know, we, we're creatures of habit. Um, it gets hard. It's emotional. There's tears. There's, it's a lot of suppressed emotions and they have to come up. Right. So when a client is in a contract, they're being, you can't really avoid it any longer.
0: Mm.
1: yeah <laughs> you gotta do it okay. yeah makes sense so.
0: and you need to like these things are like big topics so it it needs some time and work and sometimes yes. we want to fix things quickly but it's like years and years of, of programming and years and years of living with something it takes time and I think it's so important to invest that time and energy into ourselves because it, that's like our ultimate purpose here not to like do all the other things that that we think are so important The the, our soul's evolution is like the should be the priority and and uh yeah so i'm gonna share your links do you have anything else you want to share before we end the call um
1: one last thing i wanted to say is When we're talking about free will and doing shadow work, it's Mm. about having understanding really like the infinite possibilities for you. And even with looking around in the world, like some people got hit a lot harder than others. And the reason is every time that you, you own an aspect, your frequency changes and that vibration just changes, which is adding to that collective unconscious. So every time we do the work, we're putting that into this energy out there. And then when someone else does the work, it's raising the frequency overall, right? Allowing um, for love to kind of ooze out of us. And when there is love and less fear, there's less damage, there's less division. And it's really important to do this work because we wanna change the outside world so bad. We want to say, stop doing this, stop doing that. But really it starts within all of the things that happen in history. And even today, they start with us. It's the little acts, you know, the little discriminations, the little, um, you know, rejections, you know, oh, you are voting red. I'm not going to be friends with you. Oh, you're not vaccinated. I'm not going to hang out with you. You're a disease. You know, you're you're causing the, the COVID to stay. It's like these little tiny acts, these things, these rejections that are really adding to all the things that we don't want, which is, you know, creating more separatism, right? It's dividing us. And people who are divided are very easy to manipulate and control. And then you realize like, you know, and in, in the US, like our last uh, election was completely chaotic. And then now we're in the middle of it and we're seeing that there was really no, not much different, right, there was no lesser of evils. And a lot of the things that are not on TV are still going on. It didn't really change. My, my point is, my, I'm not saying like, you sh- we should not care about the election, it's the emotion, it's the emotional charge that we give to things. That negativity, that attack, that defense, it's, it's really stuff that we have to work with because the less people act out when someone else is doing something different, the more there's combat, compassion. And Teal Swan, I think, hit it on the nail when she said, if we loved everybody, we could never stand to watch them be discriminated against. Um, or be killed. We wouldn't, because they would be a part of us. So the work really does start with us. And I had to learn this the hard way. You know, as a as a person who has, you know, you know, I've fled my own country, I've had to learn so many different languages and adapt and conform, I was very lucky. I, those things that happened to me were a good thing because I was able to go into all these different cultures, with an open mind and an open heart, and that's really what caused, what led to my success in my work too. Being able to tap into these different cultures, these different um, perspectives. It's not that people are born this way. It's about what do you choose. It's about exposure, being open-minded, seeing past what we have been taught. And so, you know, all I, I'll leave you guys with all with this is if we want to see change, we have to change and we have to do the deep work. It's not about, you know, staging your house or having, you know, a simple meditation every morning. It's about doing the deep stuff, getting, going through that dark tunnel, bringing out the shadow, owning the aspects of ourselves that we truly think are undesirable. And when we do that, we change the game be the light and darkness don't add to it you know mm. so that's, that's all i will
0: <laughs> leave you guys with <laughs> so many more questions but <laughs> thank you so much i love this and i think everything you shared is so beautiful and important and if anyone has any questions or want to connect with you work with you i have put all the links in the show notes so thank you so much again for being here again it was lovely talking to you as
1: usual likewise thank you thank you for your time
0: thank you so much for listening this week this conversation was deeply healing and so heart and third eye opening i feel like so i i'm sure you have integrated some of this beautiful work and insights from Serva, and if you want to connect with her, you can find her links in the show notes, and if you want to learn more about human design, she has another episode on my podcast, and I'm also on her podcast if you want to hear me share uh, my story with her audience. So let's take a deep inhalation in through the nose, and exhale it all out through your mouth, and so much peace and abundance your way.